Welcome to episode 124 of Leading Simple. I'm your host, Rusty George, and every week we try to give you just a little bit of content that will help you lead a bit more simply. Is that a word? I don't know if that's proper, but the reality is leadership's tough. Whether you're leading a Fortune 500 company, whether you're leading a family of five, whether you're leading yourself through school, uh, leadership can be tricky because there's so many voices, there's so much content, there's so many styles of how to lead. How do you do it in a way that's simple? What I love about Jesus is he continues to make things simple for us as you keep reading what he says. He reduces all of the laws down to two love God, love people, then he reduces that down to one. You know what? Just love others the way I've loved you. That'll show that you do love God. And as we often talk about on here, one of our favorite verses is Micah 6, 8, which kind of outlines how you do love people the way that Jesus loves, which is to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Pretty simple, right? Well, as our friend Mike Bro likes to say, following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. You act justly, you love mercy, you walk humbly. Well, in today's episode, what I'd love to dive into is what if you're doing that? What if you're acting justly and you're loving mercy and you're walking humbly? What if you are trying to love people the way that Jesus has loved you? What if you're trying to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? and you're just discouraged. I'm reminded of two stories in the Bible where people that we look up to, that we um, value what they wrote and how they led. One was a prophet by the name of Elisha, and another was uh, an apostle by the name of Paul. And Paul gets so discouraged in his leadership He's in and out of prison. He's been beaten up. He's been left for dead. People aren't listening, but he keeps writing. He keeps writing. He keeps writing. And at one point he says, you know what? (laughs) It'd be better off if I were dead and could be with Jesus. Then you think about the prophet Elijah, who he conquered so many false prophets and did so many wonderful things, but he was so discouraged that he cried out for God to take his life. I mean, these are guys that we, we revere and we teach in our churches and in our Bible studies and Sunday school classes. How do they overcome discouragement in leadership? Now, odds are, if you're a leader, you've experienced some level of discouragement. And I can just tell you, I thought I'd experienced discouragement before, but it was nothing before COVID-19. Being a leader and having to lead through an unprecedented time where you could not look to anybody to figure out how to do it. There are no pastors or leaders from the Spanish flu still around telling us how they led through that time. And they didn't even have the influx of social media with people constantly telling us how bad we're doing it. Well, welcome to 2020. And for many of us, we have felt that kind of discouragement, particularly if you are a church leader. In fact, Barna's recent study um, through the Changing State of the Church uh, project they've been doing has been surveying and interviewing pastors now for the last few months. And they have found that overall, while people were relatively upbeat when COVID began, now they're fairly discouraged. 
the amount of pastors that are quitting, the amount of pastors that are checking themselves in for psychiatric care because of uh, the overwhelming stress, the amount of pastors struggling with anxiety and depression, and even the amount of pastors who have ended their lives. Those numbers keep going up. And there's this growing sense of fear about how long will this last? When can we regather? When can we open? When will things return to normal? What about giving? Will it ever return? How will we keep this thing afloat? We've all wondered those things. We've all been hit with a myriad of opinions from people about how we could be handling COVID better, whether we should open or whether we should stay closed, whether we should uh, join with the marches and the protests or whether we should remain silent and how we should respond to the election and should we wear masks or not wear masks. Everything seems to have a, a, a jagged edge to it. And certainly during this time, everybody is kind of grieving what they've lost They've lost loved ones, they've lost experiences, they've lost weddings and funerals they needed to attend, they've lost a business, they've lost relationships because of outspoken words on social media. Maybe they're grieving the election, maybe they're reeling from a loss of uh, uh, personal property through the rioting that has gone on. And as a result of all of this loss, we just get angry. We get a little bit more rude. We get a little bit more bitter. And things that we used to keep to ourselves, now we have an outlet through social media and we share those things. And it just hurts more people. And oftentimes the church is the big target. People lashing out at us because we weren't there for them, because we didn't do enough for them, because we helped them, but it could have been more things we didn't say, political stances we didn't take, opportunities we didn't seize. And everybody's a pretty good armchair quarterback, but the reality is it leaves pastors, it leaves church leaders, it it leaves church members discouraged, and it leaves them distraught. So what do you do when you feel discouragement in leadership? What do you do that could be simple, that could help you in a difficult time like this? Can I give you five things? The first one is this. You have to grieve your losses. It's not enough just to get over it. You have to go through it. It's not enough just to say, let's move on. What's next? You have to lament what it is you've lost. To literally sit down and take 15 minutes a day, perhaps, and just focus on what it is you've lost and feel it. Just walk through it. Because these emotions, they're not going to go away. They just get repressed. And they come out in weird ways. They come out with you screaming at a softball coach because he didn't play your daughter. They come out with road rage. They come out with you losing it in a McDonald's. They come out at work. So you have to grieve it. You got to just own it. You got to just... Write it down. This is what I have lost. This is what I have felt. I did this not long ago. I sat down with a piece of paper and I started writing what I felt I had lost during COVID season, starting with, we didn't get to have Easter in our building and ending with a brother-in-law who died. You know, I, I began to put all those into a list and the page lasted a little longer than I thought it would. And it begins to be healing when you begin to get those things out there. 
grieve them, lament them. There's a whole book in the Bible about lamenting called the book of Lamentations, just crying out to God. It's a little bit like when a child gets injured and, uh, and, and they take that deep breath because they're, they're gearing up for a loud cry. It's almost like we took the deep breath, but we haven't let it out. And we're walking around and we're trying to keep it together and we're trying to hold it in and it's time to let it out. It's time to grieve. It's time to let go of some of these things that we've lost and the things that we hurt over and lament. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. You need to have some people in your life you can be real with. Now, that may sound like a luxury you don't have, but I'm telling you, there are people out there with worse situations than yours, and you just need to be a friend to them, and they, in turn, will be a friend to you. I'm reminded of what happened in the life of Paul. When he was discouraged, God kept sending him people from Titus to uh, Silas to um, Luke, other people that would walk with him through his difficulty. And a lot of times at the end of Paul's letters, he would list a name, a bunch of names of people who had walked with him through his difficulty. I'm thinking about the prophet Elijah and in the midst of his discouragement. Yes, God spoke to him in a calm and gentle breeze. And yes, God fed him and gave him rest. But God also sent him Elisha, someone to walk with him through his difficult time. Finding somebody that you can pour into and they can pour into you. Asking a mentor or a friend just to listen to you. Finding other people in your world that will walk with you will go so far. Here's a third thing that can help. And it's an app I've recently discovered. It's put out by a psychologist and author, all around amazing guy, John Eldridge. You may recognize that name. He wrote a book several years ago that's become incredibly popular called Wild at Heart. He writes a lot towards men and how to just deal with being a guy. And this app that he's put together is called Pause, P-A-U-S-E. And this app is designed for you to take a minute, three minutes, five minutes, or ten minutes during the day just to pause. And he'll guide you through a experience where you begin to pray and breathe and relax. And for those of you that are scared of meditation, can I just tell you, this is a godly thing. It was hijacked by um, Eastern mysticists to let it be something where you escape your body, but it really is something that God designed so that he could have your attention and speak to you. Let this app guide you through that. It's called Pause, P-A-U-S-E, and it's free. You can download it, and you can set it to go off a couple times during the day, and it just reminds you it's time to take a pause, and it goes so far. Here's a fourth thing that I've noticed that's been very, very helpful for me, and that is I, I listen to stories of people who have dealt with worse things than I have. Yes, COVID has been something unprecedented, but for many of us, we're dealing with it in the United States. We're dealing with it with a lot of freedoms and a lot of protection and a lot of security that others don't have. I have found in moments where I'm discouraged, read books that missionaries have written or books about missionaries who have dealt with things like abuse and imprisonment and hunger and uh, scraping to survive. I mean, these are people that have gone through more difficult things. 
I'm reminded, as difficult as it has been for our church not to be able to meet inside, that there's an exploding church, growing church in China, that's actually not allowed to meet at all. It's illegal for them. And yet, the church continues to grow. You see, we have to remind ourselves that the Great Commission was not go into all the world, build buildings, and meet on Sunday. That's a tool we use to accomplish the Great Commission. Yes, it is important for us to gather together. And yes, our religious freedom is such a wonderful thing. But the reality is the church moves on with or without gatherings, with or without meetings, because people are still being the church. And that gathering could be three people outside. That gathering could be a hundred people online. Gathering looks different in many different ways. But don't assume just because of our difficult time that it's worse than it's ever been. Watch some YouTube videos about previous missionaries. Watch the movie The End of the Spear about Jim Elliott and how he lived and laid down his life for people that did not yet know Jesus. Uh, I found the, the movie The Mission uh, has been very encouraging for me to watch somebody uh, live their life of faith, what it cost them, and how it changed them. That's an old movie. Robert De Niro, Jeremy Irons, but boy, it's good. Last one is this. Find some verses that really encourage you and write them down. Put them in your notes app. Put them in your Evernote file. Make it your home screen. Rotate them through throughout the week and just memorize and dwell upon these great verses that encourage us. Can I give you a couple right now? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder of and perfecter of our faith. You want to talk about people that have gone before us and have dealt with difficult things, take a look at that Hebrews chapter 12, because there's a lot of people in there that endured far worse things than you and I that will will ever deal with. In fact, it even kind of walks through what some of those things are. Hebrews 12. Another another one is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, and not for men. No matter what people say about you on social media, you work for the Lord. And can I tell you this? He's crazy about you. He loves you. He's pursuing you. And in the words of Eugene Peterson, he is relentless. He is with you in this. You are not alone. Proverbs 16.3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It may not turn out the way that you thought, but God's word never returns void. God's uh, efforts done for God are always used by God, and he can redeem anything and everything. And finally, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Friends, we have to remember that our moments of encouragement They only last a little bit of time. We get worn down. So work these into your weekly rhythm. That's why going to church on Sunday is so important and why we have missed it so much. And if you're gathering again, be it online, outside, or in a building, make it a habit. Make it a priority because that encouragement gives you the faith to continue. We have to remember during these difficult times that our encouragement will not sustain itself. We have to continue to fill the tank. 
So do that through not only weekly gathering, but daily reading, through moments of prayer, a pause app that can remind you during the day, little moments where you get to remember that God is with you. We are not alone, and Jesus walks with us. Friends, I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope you share it with a friend that might encourage them. And I want to encourage you to keep on fighting this good fight that we are on because what we do matters. And what we do encourages others and helps others even if they don't know it. Next week, I'll be back with my friend Brad Williams. We're going to talk about how to find purpose and energy to finish 2020 strong. We're all looking forward to it being over. Let's talk about how we do it well. I'll talk to you next time. Until then, keep leading simple. Let's just-